Podcastle, episode 376, for August 11th, 2015. Inc. by Sandra O'Dell. Rated R. Welcome to Podcastle. I'm M.K. Hobson, and today's story is Inc. by Sandra O'Dell. This story is a Podcastle original, which means you're hearing it here for the first time. So as a lead-in, I'd like to say that I am kind of perversely proud of the fact that despite my 46 years of living as a hipster in Portland, Oregon, I have never gotten a single solitary tattoo. I'll admit I've flirted with the idea many times. In college, I was sure I wanted a George Harriman crazy cat on my ankle. And when I lived in Japan, I really wanted one of those incredibly beautiful, complex, enormous floral tattoos that are supposedly the exclusive province of the Yakuza. I once emailed a Tibetan Buddhist temple to ask for permission to use a particularly lovely image of the green Tara for a tattoo. They never emailed me back. And then just the other day, in fact, I saved a very striking black and white graphic of an octopus onto my phone's Google Drive just in case I ever find myself in a tattoo parlor after a night of drunken debauchery. That way I can have a graphic all chosen out and not wake up the next day with something truly regrettable. Be prepared, as the Boy Scouts say. So what has always stopped me from actually getting a tattoo, though, is not one of the obvious things like lack of money or fear of pain or even the fact that the defining characteristic of a Portland hipster is the horror of being perceived as one. Rather, it is my overarching fear of commitment. And by that, I don't mean a fear of commitment to another person. I mean a fear of commitment to myself, or rather, to any particular version of myself. The way I see it, tattoos are like epitaphs, grave markers for the selves that have died on the road to us becoming who we are at this very moment. I'm not sure I want to be a walking graveyard memorializing my own personal, emotional, evolutionary strata. I mean, I won't even let anyone look at the rough drafts of my writing. Am I seriously going to let them see the scratch pad of my life all inked on my skin? In today's story, author Sandra O'Dell has a different take on things, though. Of it, she says... I've always been fascinated by tattoos, the myths, how the art and application of tattoos change from culture to culture. I began to wonder if tattoos could do more than adorn a body, if they could strip away a lie and reveal the truth within. So that last bit, that part about truth, that's where she and I part philosophical company. Because I'm not sure you can even use the word truth when talking about the self. Does the concept have any meaning at all in that context? Eh, you'll just have to listen to today's story and judge for yourself. Sandra O'Dell lives in Washington State with her husband, sons, and cats. A Clarion West graduate, her work has appeared in Jim Bain's Universe, Crossed Genres, Daily Science Fiction, and Galaxy's Edge. Her collection of speculative fiction holiday stories, The Twelve Ways of Christmas, is available from Hydra House Books. She is currently hard at work on plotting her second novel, or world domination, whichever comes first. The story is read by Sean Sorrentino. Sean lives in the Raleigh, North Carolina area with his wife and his dog. Enjoy the story. Ink by Sandra M. O'Dell A woman stood at the tattoo parlor's door, small, damp from the storm, 
hair disheveled and slightly askew. Comfortable in her clothes, not her skin. The sight of her made Tiger's chest itch and his tattoos tingle. He turned down the stereo. Can I help you with something? The woman looked at the shelves stuffed with pattern books and the posters of half-naked men and women displaying their tattoos and piercings. Is this the Stars and Stripes, Inc.? Her voice had a touch of falsetto. That's what the sign says in the window. She brushed aside her bangs, tucking her hair back into place in a way Tiger supposed he wasn't meant to notice. I would like a tattoo. She smiled with suspicion and hope, an expression he knew well. Tiger dog-eared his page and set the magazine aside. What do you have in mind? Like he had to ask. He stifled a twinge of jealousy and rubbed the scars below his nipples, all that remained of his breasts. Straightening her shoulders, the woman walked up to the counter and handed him a folded sheet of white paper dappled with rain. Tiger spread the paper on the counter and considered the picture, a coiled Asian dragon with a lion's mane, pearl clutched in one claw, lightning in the other, vibrant colors and sharp decisive lines, hyper-masculine, all claws, teeth, and attitude, not at all like her. Tiger settled back on his stool and rubbed his hand under his chin, this double rasping over his knuckles. How'd you hear about the shop? She blinked, hesitated. From friends. That doesn't answer my question. Who? The woman looked at the counter, the posters, anywhere but at Tiger. Finally. Gwen Winston? She said you do excellent work. She looked at him out of the corner of her eye. I've never seen it. The tattoo, I mean. The last came out in a rush. On Gwen, you wouldn't. Gwenny was good people, one of his first special customers when he opened the shop. I didn't mean to insult you, I, I just... She flushed. Something that sounds too good to be true usually is. Gwen didn't think so. Tiger waited for that to sink in before he tapped the picture. Where do you want it? She pressed her fingers into the Formica countertop until the tips were pale as bone. My back, she said, cleared her throat and with more assertion. My upper back, how much? Tiger kept his gaze on her face, looking, seeing. She wasn't starving, but she didn't have a lot of money to invest in her clothes. Probably lived paycheck to paycheck if she could find work, lived off friends when she couldn't. Still, a guy had to eat, and he'd signed a new lease last month. 2000 cash, 2500 if you pay by card. The woman winced. For a tattoo? He shrugged. Cheaper than you'll find anywhere else. She slipped her hand into her purse. Do I need to sign anything? Do I need to leave proof that I came to a place like this? Tiger was used to that too. For a special request? Not unless you want to. Her hands trembled as she pulled a flat, red wallet from her handbag and counted out a stack of tattered bills. Tiger stuffed the money in his jeans pocket. Why don't you take your coat off while I get things ready? Prep was easy, normal. Tiger scanned the picture and made a couple of copies of different sizes. He presented them on the counter, tapped the larger image. This one's got the best detail with the fangs and the scales on the tail. 
She reached towards the smaller image with wide, blunt-tipped fingers but didn't touch the paper. This one looks almost cute. Yeah, but the detail on this one will really make it pop. He waited, fingers framing the dragon's head. She swallowed. How does it work? Tiger ran his thumb over the mane. I tattooed the design, and it takes away everything you don't want. The woman frowned. The expression did nothing to soften her jawline. Just like that? Just like that. But how do you do it? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Tiger snorted. I don't understand how a nuke bomb works, but they're real. She crossed her arms over her chest. I can ask a nuclear physicist how a bomb works and expect a full answer. A challenge, a demand to know why she should believe him. Tiger put the money on the counter. No hard feelings. Have a nice night. That caught her by surprise. She stared at the wad of green. He hadn't played the game. He should have balked, or sweet-talked, or lied. His parents used to do that all the time. The clock flashed from one minute to the next. The woman tangled her fingers in the front of her skirt, then smoothed out the wrinkles, a gesture straight out of a romance novel. All right, I'm ready. Rocket. I'll make the stencil, have a smoke, wash my hands. Then we're ready to go. The woman tucked a lock of limp hair behind her left ear. Sure, okay. Outside, the storm had blown itself out, and the parking lot asphalt reflected the streetlights in twisted rainbows. The air was sharp with car exhaust and Mexican night from the beer pit two doors down. Tiger would have preferred a shop off the main drag, but he couldn't complain about the impulse business of anchors and butterfly tramp stamps. Life in a Navy town made for good money after payday. He leaned against the front of his pickup and rolled a smoke. His tattoos shifted under his skin, expectant. One ink slid over his right kidney to the top of his right thigh. The quadricep muscle spasmed, and he dug his knuckle into the T-shot sight until the tattoos settled their differences and the muscle relaxed. Crowded real estate down there and damn tender when Ink fought Ink for display space. No big deal. He'd figure out who won later. He fished out paper and tobacco, rolled a cigarette. That first unfiltered drag burned wicked hot. An addiction, like getting a new tattoo. He took his time, watched the smoke curl up from his lips and unravel in the night. No hurries. No worries. Not yet, anyway. Tiger pinched the butt, swallowed it, and headed back inside. The woman paced in front of the Pepsi machine while he set up his workstation. Guns, line and shading needles, bottles of ink in small plastic cups, nitrile gloves, green soap and cotton pads. He put on Lou Rawls' Stormy Monday to clear the air and open his headspace and motioned to the tattooist chair laid flat beside his work area behind the counter. Ready when you are. She walked over and stopped at the edge of the counter. Do I have to get undressed? He chalked the question up to her nerves. I'll need to see your back. She took a hesitant step towards the chair. You never asked my name. I figured you'd tell me if you wanted me to know. She frowned, then looked him in the eye with the same resolution that first brought her into the shop. Liza Patton. Tiger nodded and flashed a quick smile. Tiger Haynes. She pointed to his left shoulder. The reason for your tattoo? Or is it ink? Which is right? Either's fine. 
He looked at the cutout collar of his black t-shirt and the wide orange head draped over his collarbone with its blood-stained teeth and forked tongue. The rest of the beast covered most of his upper back, the tail curling over his right shoulder. Six weeks' work and the equivalent of three months' rent to get it just right. He'd been so damn proud. His parents had disowned him. This was my first. How many do you have? Not enough. Never enough. Again, he motioned to the chair. I lost track a while ago. Liza made herself comfortable in the center section. She reached up towards the top button of her blouse. I'd rather not take off my bra. Suits me fine. Off came the blouse. She bundled it over her chest. Will it hurt? Tiger noted the piss-poor repair ink on her right shoulder, hints of a word under the bloom, and the two thin pink scars under the bangles on each wrist. He pulled on the gloves, smoothed the fingers in place. Will it hurt? Hell of a question. Some people handle it better than others. No, I mean, will it, you know, hurt? No mistaking the fear in the words. Tiger's tattoos twisted and twitched with the memories. That all depends on you. Did yours hurt? In more ways than one. Like a bitch. Liza nodded and wrapped herself in silence. Roll your shoulders in. Lean forward a bit. He pulled the straps of her lacy black bra over her prominent shoulder blades. Moles dotted her back, low enough that they wouldn't be a problem, some sprouting hairs like spiders trying to escape her skin. He washed her back with antimicrobial soap and followed it with an alcohol wipe. While that dried, Tiger filled the disposable cup with rinse water and the ink caps with individual colors. The three S's. Sterile, separate, single use. His work area had the sex appeal of an operating room, nothing like the cool tattoo parlors he'd seen on cop shows growing up, and that suited Tiger just fine. He preferred health and safety. He'd leave cool to the ink. He smoothed a bit of lotion between her shoulder blades to help the stencil design stick. You're shaking. You cold? Liza made a sound, something like a laugh. Excited. Good. He positioned the stencil on her back and smoothed it with the edge of his hands. A slow count to ten, and he pulled the thermal fax paper away, leaving behind the design in cartoon-bright purple lines. Tiger leaned back to consider his work. He gestured with a hand mirror towards the mirror on the wall at the end of the counter. Have a look. Tell me it's beautiful or I can move it. Eliza shook her head. Whatever you think is best. That's not how it... It's fine, I trust you. Big words for a voice too small. You're sure about this? It's going to feel kind of fucked up when things get going. Liza nodded. I've been sure for years. The lady knew what she wanted. Tiger dipped the linework needle into the ink cap, tapped the foot pedal, and drew black ink into the gun's reservoir. The tiger tattoo purred like the hammering rumble of the coil gun. All right, then. He brought the needle to the topmost purple line of the mane and pressed the foot pedal. He laid the ink one delicate, precise line at a time. People who didn't know tattoo work thought the needle injected ink into the skin when it actually glided along and let gravity do the work. This part of tattooing, the line work that defined the piece, this was why Tiger learned how to ink. 
From the early childhood sketchbooks to the graffiti in his teens, it always came down to this moment, the stroke of ink on a willing body. Everything else was gravy. The tiger tattoo watched him work, licking between its claws. Liza didn't move. At the first touch of the needle, she became stone for all that her heart raced beneath his hands. Only once did she make a sound, a whimpering sob the first time the needle passed over her spine. He refilled the reservoir as an excuse to pause. When she made no other sound, he continued. Line work done, he rinsed out the black ink and swapped out for his rotary gun, lighter and better suited to shading. How are you doing? Need a break? Eliza shook her head. Walk it off a bit? I'm fine. Her voice had lost some of its girlish charm. She coughed. You can keep going. Okay. He worked quickly without rushing, giving his full attention to the shadows sliding around the edges of every line. Add depth here, there layering. Wipe the blood away and repeat. He turned the sparse lines of the nose into a muzzle. Took simple diamond patterns on the body and created scales. If everything went right, any minute now he would see... There. The dragon shook out its mane and turned its head to watch the tattoo gun. Tiger slowed down, adding detail, and gauging the dragon's strength with every refill of ink. He both loved and hated this part. From here on out, everything had to be perfect. Years ago, he'd screwed the pooch on a special tattoo of a fancy teacup and saucer on the shoulder of an older man, gotten so high on the inking that he'd ruined the design. The guy had stormed out in tears, refusing a repair, a second chance. Tiger often wondered what happened to the guy, if he'd gone back to living a lie. Wondered at moments like this, in fact. He rinsed out the black ink and slid his palette of ink caps closer. Hold still now. Shit just got real. Liza let out a tiny mewling moan but didn't move. Maybe she was braver than she looked. Tiger sure as shit hoped so. A darker green first to bring out the shadows. Tiger took a deep breath and touched the color to Liza's skin. Sweet pain swept up his hands to his soul. Holy Mary, Mother of Jesus, the rush! The dragon rubbed itself against the needle, eager for color. Demanded all the attention, all the awestruck wonder. It was the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the valley, and Tiger liked it that way. Nothing mattered but the ink, always the ink, the way the tattoo shook its beard and twisted its tail. Dance, baby, dance. Another shot of scotch, around for the house. He rode the colors in the high until a sound slammed him back to the table. Sound? Crying? Who? Liza crying. Muted sobs, cradling even softer words. No, no, no. Tiger's hands froze mid-curl of blue on the dragon's tail. His tattoos crowded his forearms until his skin was matte black. More ink, more ink, all but the tiger. It stayed on his shoulders, claws pricking tiny reminders of flesh and reason along his upper back. Tiger took a deep breath, clearing away the taste of scotch peat and bitter ink. He rinsed and refilled the gun, pressed the back of his left hand against the squirming tattoo, against Liza. You still with me? She cringed at the contact, the sound of his voice. Cringed like he hadn't spent the last forty minutes getting under her skin, cringed like he'd hit her. Just because he couldn't see the scars didn't mean they weren't there. Tiger licked his lips. How about a break? Still no answer. Only the same frightened tears. He set down the gun. We're done here. Let me get you cleaned up. That brought her out of it. 
Liza looked over her shoulder, pale and wide-eyed. No, don't stop. She wiped her nose on her arm, leaving a glistening line, and softer. Please, my dad would, sometimes. Please. Tiger chewed on the ends of his mustache. Was a tattoo the same as a punch? Time may have healed all wounds, but ink lasted until the end, and with it the sting of guilt. He couldn't chance ruining another person's life. I can't do this. Please. Liza curled into herself as if offering more of her back. The dragon twisted like a cyclone knot. I... Liza coughed, cleared her throat. Whatever you want, I can pay. The voice ran deep and ragged, the voice of living a lie. Tiger stripped off his gloves. It's not about the money. Please, I can't go on like this. God damn it, God damn it. Tiger squeezed his eyes shut. Once upon a time, he would have given his imaginary left nut to swap places with Liza. He'd gone through his transition the old-fashioned way, hormones, scalpels, and all. The tattoos on his arms tingled with need, but this wasn't about them, or him, or his invisible scars. This was all about her. She began to cry once more. I don't know what else to do. The tiger tattoo rubbed its head against the side of his neck. Tiger had seen what she might do on the inside of each wrist. He pressed his lips together until they throbbed with his pulse. You sure? Liza nodded, a quick downward jerk of the head. Tiger grabbed a fresh set of gloves. Remember to breathe. This time when the ink high slammed up his veins, Tiger wrapped the memory of Liza's tears around its neck and told it to sit the fuck down. He had work to do. As if sensing the change of mood, the dragon flicked the tip of its tail back and forth in agitation. It threatened with lightning and teeth. It was the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the valley, remember? Yeah, Tiger remembered. And he was the one with the ink gun. Five or six minutes of electric sweat and the last of the color was laid. Perfect. One of his best. Tiger jammed the needle into the skin at the base of Liza's left shoulder blade and sliced her open bottom to top. Liza's head came up. She inhaled a scream that came out of the dragon a roar. Tiger dug his fingers into Liza's back and tore the skin away, revealing muscle and writhing tattoo. It smelled like beer and motor oil, gunpowder, sweat, semen, manly smells for manly men, not a girly boy who wore his sister's underwear and stole his mother's lipstick. The dragon whipped its tail around Liza's spine. She jerked upright, choking on her pain. He grabbed the tattoo by the head. It sank its teeth into the meat below his thumb. You little bastard, get out of there. Tiger put his feet against the base of the chair and pulled until his ink nodded with the effort and his arms burned like a white-hot star. Now or never. Now or never. He took a deep breath and threw himself back against his workstation. The dragon's claws gave way. It screamed and its tail came free. Tiger pulled up the back of his t-shirt and slapped Liza's tattoo onto his lower back. The ink sank into his skin, screaming rage up his spine. The other tattoos rushed to greet the latest member of the menagerie. Muscles clenched, chasing the rage until it faded to sullen exhaustion. He slid off the stool to the floor laughing and swearing. The best tattoos always hurt like a bitch. He stayed on the floor until the spasms eased and the knots of ink separated into individual colors and designs, each content in their own stories. 
well, almost content. Liza's tattoo flailed in the center of his back, then slid down and to the right. Tiger rolled over and pulled up his t-shirt in time to see a scattering of butterflies rush up his side and the dragon's tail slide into his pants. The sharp heat of fresh ink settled around his t-shot site. That could get interesting come Sunday night when he did his injection. When he could trust his legs, Tiger got to his feet and pulled down his shirt. He bandaged his throbbing hand in cotton and blue painter's tape. Liza lay on her left side on the chair, hair askew, back smeared with ink. Ashamed to wake her, but he was more than done for the night. He tapped her shoulder. Hey, I need you to sit up. We're all done. Liza rubbed her eyes. Hmm? What time is it? Her voice sounded soft and in no way forced. Time to get you cleaned up. She sat still and calm as a drowsing cat as he cleaned her back and rubbed in a bit of lotion. Her skin was smooth and a touch red, but otherwise looked good. No ink, no blood. While he worked, Liza touched her throat. She removed her wig. Her hair underneath was a light brown touched with gray at the temples, short, but it would grow out. She ran a hand over her head. Wow. I feel... Wow. Tiger stifled a yawn. He pointed to the mirror on the wall. Take a look. Liza frowned and reached her hand over her shoulder to touch her back. Is there? Tiger passed a hand mirror and nodded towards the wall. Blouse still clutched to her chest, Liza stood and walked to the mirror. Her clothes fit differently over her narrower waist and wider hips. There's no tattoo. Where? She turned to face the mirror. Oh my god, it's real. It's... Liza stretched the waistband of her skirt, looked inside. The worm is gone. Get it? Worm? Worm? The dragon? She put a hand to her mouth and began to cry. Guess she liked what she saw. Tiger gathered his tools and inks, tossed the used cotton into the biohazard bin. He moved on automatic, drifting in and out of his post-ink high. Needles in the autoclave, wipe down, pick up, a place for everything, everything in his place. At least he learned one good thing from his mother. Liza dropped the blouse and pulled two silicone breast forms out of her bra. She stared at what remained in the cups and then met his gaze in the mirror. I don't know what to say. Thank you. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. He retrieved her blouse, handed it to her. Drop a tip in the jar if you want. I need to lock up. Sure, sure, Liza giggled. I even sound like the real me. I feel different when I walk, and my throat. Thank you so much. Great, sure, whatever. Tiger needed to get her out of the shop before his twinge of jealousy turned into bitterness and binge drinking when he got home. Liza gathered her coat and purse, and he walked her to the door. Someone had scattered stars in patches of clear night sky. Farther south, dogs complained about a fire truck speeding through the night. She turned to face him. If you don't mind, I do have one question. Most of them did. Shoot. Liza stared at the tattoos on his arms, a collage of masculine and feminine. How many of those are your own work? Twenty-two. Her eyes widened. Really? Yeah. Not really. She seemed like one of those people with a need for numbers. He remembered the face and tattoo of every special customer. The numbers? Not so much. 
Where's mine? A few of the tattoos shifted to get a better look at her. Tiger almost hoped she noticed. It's safe. Liza searched his face, nodded. I didn't leave a tip, but I can't thank you enough. It's all good. Tiger passed her a business card from his back pocket. You know someone who needs work? Send them my way. Man or woman, doesn't matter. Lysa dropped the card into her purse. I will. Tiger waited until her battered Ford Escort pulled out of the parking lot before he flipped the signs and locked the door. The tiger tattoo licked his chin with its rough, forked tongue. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed that, and that you were able to thrash through any sticky philosophical wrangling about the nature of self more easily than I. And speaking of thrashing and wrangling, Worldcon is just around the corner. Your humble narrator will be there, holding down a seat, or perhaps the floor, in the hotel bar. So if you're going to be in Spokane, please feel free to buy me a double vodka soda with a twist of lemon. I'm the ginormous woman with a very big mouth and no tattoos. Feedback this week is for episode number 366, Sticks and Stones, by Nathaniel Lee. Commenter Danuli was full of praise for reader Tatiana Gomberg, who, she says, voiced Detective Lillian Staunton perfectly. Commenter Unblinking really connected with the story's overall metaphor, and he says, The premise got me to thinking about the implications in various areas. Political debates would be like armed duels. He also goes on in a later comment to talk about how what are referred to as microaggressions in speech might be more usefully understood as minor but irritating wounds which, added up day after day, month after month, year after year, become horribly draining. Very interesting premise and great extrapolation from the story. Thank you to everyone who commented, and as always, please do drop by and visit the forum and keep the conversation going. And of course, please consider visiting podcastle.org and making a donation. Every penny goes to paying our authors and bringing you the best in fantasy fiction week after week. And so, on behalf of everyone here at Podcastle, Graham Dunlop, Rachel Jones, our wonderful slushers Arun Jiwa and Sarah Goldman, our audio engineer Peter Wood, our fantastic forum moderators Talia and Ossikat, thanks for listening. And until next time, this is M.K. Hobson for Podcastle, leaving you with a quote from that cheeky old epigrammarian Karl Marx. Men make their own history, but they do not make it as they please. They do not make it under self-selected circumstances, but under circumstances existing already, given and transmitted from the past. The tradition of all dead generations weighs like a nightmare on the brains of the living. (laughs) 